0: What if God had to disassemble some pieces of your life in order to give you something better? Would you let him? We all go through things we don't understand until we can look back and see that God really was at work in our lives, even when it felt like he had left us. Let's join Pastor Jocelyn Perez in part four of our series, Restoring the Walls. Today's message is called Breaching the Walls, and I'll have an important announcement for you afterwards. Hello V1 Church, my name is Pastor Jocelyn and I'm so glad to be with you all here today. If you're sitting in a watch party or at home with friends, I want you to give a huge shout out to our lead pastors, Pastor Mike and Pastor Julie. We honor them, we love them, and we are so thankful for them. We've been going through this amazing series of Restoring the Walls book by Pastor Eddie Perez. Um, in fact, he's my husband. Um, and so we've been following along with um, the book and it, each chapter week by week. And, and Pastor Eddie, he sparked off the series with... Um, inspecting the walls of our soul to savar our soul just as Nehemiah inspected the walls. And then we heard the second week, Pastor Kiel talking about restoring the broken pieces. Our brokenness is the beginning of our breakthrough. Uh, And then last week we heard from Pastor Evan, Pastor Chase, along with Pastor Eddie on their discussion panel on Operation Rebuild. The practice of prayer, reading scripture, fasting, solitude, stewardship, and evangelism. And this week, we're going to be learning about breaching the walls. And in 2012, we had uh, been personally affected by Superstorm Sandy. And the walls of the dam had been breached, and the waters flooded our neighborhood. Um, The water had reached to our front steps. And I remember... um, thinking about um, when we were gonna leave, should we go into our cars? But our cars were flooded and water was just pouring into the windows of our basement. Um, And as we were walking out of the house, we saw our next door neighbor's uh, house was, smoke was coming out of it. And so we knew it was no longer safe to stay there. And so we had to leave everything behind. And as we left and closed the door, we knew that we just had to trust God, and we had to be courageous, and we knew where we, that's where we had to be. And so sometimes God has to break through in order to build up. And although we, did, we walked out of that place not knowing what was going to happen, we knew that no matter what, that God was going to rebuild whatever was ruined. And so Psalm 8940 reads, you have reached all his walls, you have laid his strongholds in ruin. And the word breach here means an opening in a wall, either caused by breaking itself or is the result of a breaking. And there's an opening or a gap in every situation, every circumstance that God breaks in our lives for the purpose is to build us up. And so there may be some breaking in your lives. I know there's been plenty of breaking in my life, but God has done it to build me back up. He's, he's done it to build us back up. That's his purpose for you here today. So if you're taking notes, get your notepads ready as we discuss how we can see the opening of the areas where we need God to break through in. And so let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you are a God of breakthrough and that you will break through walls and that you would break through strongholds in each and every one of our lives today. To everyone at the sound of my voice would open their hearts to the areas that they would need to surrender to you and that you would break through for them because you are a God of breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the first point we learn from Joshua in seeing the opening is the charge. God charged Joshua to be strong and courageous. And so Joshua 1:7 reads, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all these instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to right or left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. When we walked out of our home that day, we had no idea what was in store for us. And seeing that smoke coming from my neighbor's house, I knew that either something was was catching on fire and I didn't know if I was gonna have a home to come back to. And so as we went to see a family member that we could stay in um, that wasn't affected by the flood, our neighbor from across the street gave us a call and told us that our next door neighbor's house their house was up in flames, and they saw the fire coming toward our house. And so I remember thinking, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if our house is gonna burn down too. They actually sent us a picture of her house, and it was up in flames, like nothing was gonna be saved. Every single window, flames, roof, flames, and it actually burned down to the ground. The only thing standing was the foundation of her house and so Our house was spared, but we did have some ruin. And God broke down those walls. And I believe that God broke down those walls and there was ruin. There was um, water. There was damage. There was fire damage. Our clothes smelled like smoke. Um, Everything was damaged that we had. Um, But I knew that God was going to rebuild it. And he actually did rebuild it better than we could ever have hoped for or imagined. And not only in our physical home but in our lives, in our spiritual life, in our walks, in our maturity as people, in our maturity, in our marriage, as parents, in our home with our children. He really has built us up. Um, And I'm here standing today um, as a testimony of God, just rebuilding in those areas where I surrendered to him to rebuild. And we weren't... uh, we weren't sure what, what we were coming back to. I had a three-month-old, I had um, I was nursing, and I just didn't have time to worry about what was gonna happen. That's why I really, really felt deep down inside that I just wanted to be able to take care of my three-month-old. And, and God had encouragement for us, and God had encouragement to Joshua to be strong and be courageous for what they were about to face when they were gonna march the walls of Jericho. So if God gives us a charge, there were some practical preparations that Joshua had to do and one of them was his obedience to Christ, his obedience to the Lord. Uh, Joshua too, um, Joshua had sent his spies into Jericho and here's where we're introduced to Rahab. And Rahab hid the spies on her roof that Joshua sent and while sending the kingsmen that were searching for them to search somewhere else. um, And in return, she asked for her family to be spared. Israel had crossed over the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, Joshua told them to consecrate themselves and the memorial stones were placed for their memory of their crossing and those stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel and it was a reminder of the power and deliverance of God and how God delivered a people the city gates were shut and God instructed them to quietly walk around the city. And it was an unlikely charge. It was an unlikely strategy and it didn't make sense. But God promised Joshua in Joshua 6, 2 that he has given Jericho into their hands. What has God charged you with? What areas has he charged you to walk in faith and to be strong and courageous in. God charged Noah to build an ark and God charged Joshua to be strong and courageous. He charged him to walk around the city gates, to walk around those walls for six days quietly. And how you charge determines how you conquer. And there was a cry, the cry. The people shouted, and the walls came down. In Joshua 6:20, so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. Joshua let the enemy know and that the people of Israel were not afraid of the enormous walls that were standing in front of them. The enormous walls that they were up against. The enormous walls that you are up against. You need to let out a shout and a cry. The trumpet blew so the people shouted. The city was given to them. They were letting out a battle cry for those walls to come down. So what walls? In our life, do we need to come down? What walls must must we shout a battle cry to come down, so we can claim what's rightfully ours? What is rightfully yours? What is rightfully ours? What battle cry must we cry out? In, in the beginning of this series, we cried out and we asked the Lord to sever our souls, the souls of our of our, the walls of our souls to sever them. And as we have a battle cry, even now as we're speaking. About the battle cry of Jericho, the battle cry of the people for the walls to come down. What walls do you need to come down? Is it a relationship, a toxic one? Is it a financial breakthrough? Is it healing in your body? Is it healing for a family member? Is it rebuilding and restoring a relationship, a marriage? What walls must you need to come down? What battle cry must you cry out for God to come and rebuild and restore? and we will make our voices heard when it matters most sometimes it's an outcry of everything inside of us to bring the walls of life under submission under the lord of the lord Jesus Christ so give it to him give it to the lord give him those areas that you need him to come into Our cries of faith against the walls we face will determine whether they will fall or whether they will remain. Where is your faith today? Where is your faith for those areas that you need God to bring down those walls? Where is the, that area of faith that you need to bring in? Because you've been asking over and over again for those walls to come down, but those walls still remain. Where is that area of faith where you need to just give it over to the Lord? How loud is the faith of your obedience against the walls you face? And then there's a capture. The walls of Jericho were breached and they were to destroy everything in the land. And Joshua 6:20 20 to 21, the people shouted, the walls came down, they fell flat, but they cap- now they captured the city. No mercy was shown and something we can learn from the capture of Jericho and its annihilation is that an invisible armor is necessary for our battle against an invisible enemy. In Ephesians 6:11, it says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There is an invisible battle and there is an invisible enemy that is after your life, that is after your legacy, that is after all of the things that God has given you and promised you. And we need to put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We need to hold up the shield of faith. We need salvation. We need faith. We need truth. We need righteousness to be our armor. Invisible armor is necessary for our battle against an invisible enemy. You can't fight a battle you don't think exists. You can't fight a battle with an open an opening in your armor. You can't fight a battle on your own, but you can capture and fight the good fight of faith and spot the gaps through um, of sin, through, standing on the promises of God. So where is there an opening in your armor? Ask the Lord today where is it that there's an opening? where is there an opening of sin? where is an, where is there an opening that is in my armor today? When there's an opening in our armor, sometimes there is a consequence of things that we can let creep in and Joshua 6 26 and 27 Joshua laid an oath on them at the time saying cursed before the Lord be the man who rises up and rebuilds the city Jericho at the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation and at the cost of his youngest son shall he set up his gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. The Lord um, did not want them to rebuild that city, and so that was a command that he that he wanted them not to rebuild once they captured it, and there was a consequence if they did rebuild the city that he gave to them. And I remember there was a commercial where a man was sitting in a store and he was doing taste testing and it was taste testing of different waters, of different mountains and the person giving the taste testing was introducing the different types of water coming from the different types of mountain. And I remember the person giving the taste test said, well, this water is from this mountain, but it has 2% of toxic waste in it. And the person's reaction was, well, I wouldn't want to drink water with 2% toxic waste. And it's the same thing with, our, with ourselves and our souls and our spirit. We don't want 2% of sin to creep in, to live in the fullness of God that he has for us. And so if we settle for a mediocre Christian life based on partial obedience, we won't like the outcome of the consequence in choosing the partial obedience. And God doesn't want partial obedience. He wants complete obedience. He asked Joshua and he asked the people of Israel to give them full obedience, not partial. Don't leave anything behind. Don't rebuild the city. I've knocked down these walls for you. And, and I'm asking you today, if there's walls that God has already um, knocked down, don't go back and try to rebuild something that he's already taken away from you you that you've asked him to don't go back to it don't allow sin to creep in don't allow an opening in your armor and part of maturing in Christ means growing in our own understanding of the consequences of disobedience sin thrives in immaturity but God's grace is uh, it provides security we may be sinners and, and, and we were bought at a price and we may not have it all together. But um, we can't compromise our integrity in the face of our critics. We just can't. The consequence may see, seem overwhelming, but the call of God is overpowering. The call of God is overpowering. Sometimes God has to break through in order to build up. He does. He needs to break through. And what areas in your life is it that you need God to excavate? What areas in your life do you need to break through in? I remember being in a season in my life where I felt like I was um, walking through a wilderness season. I remember we were trying to find a home church um, and we hadn't found one. We were just visiting different churches um, and I just felt like I was in a wilderness season. We knew we were called. We knew that God had a plan and a purpose for our lives. And... I literally felt like I was hitting brick walls, like I was just roaming around. And I, and I was at a, a church conference and a pastor that I knew, um, at, I asked him to pray for me and he prayed for me and he literally prayed this prayer and told me, you feel like you're hitting a brick wall. But there's something behind the veil that is happening. There is something that God is doing behind the veil. And when He breaks through that veil and the things that are gonna come to you and for you and through you and what God is gonna do is gonna happen and it's gonna happen quick. And maybe uh, you're feeling at a breaking point like I did. Maybe you feel like you're, you're walking through a wilderness season. Maybe um, that is happening to you, but God is underneath and there's an opening of opportunities happening for you. It might be a job position, a relationship, a marriage that is being restored, financial breakthrough. Maybe it's the weight of addiction you're experiencing. The charge today for you is that God has set you free. God has a veil that Things are happening behind the scenes, behind the veil. He is doing things for you in your favor. He is, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, for those walls to come down, to breach those walls in your life, to come in and rebuild and restore you. When God writes to the disciple John, in the isle of Patmos. In Revelation 3:7 it reads, "Write this to Philadelphia, to the angel of the church, the holy, the true, David's key in his hand, opening doors no one can lock, locking doors no one can open." And some of us could be walking around with the burden of a janitor's key. You know what our janitor's key looks like? It's a whole ring of keys, and it's a lot of keys that the janitor has um, hold of. And the burden of that janitor's key, walking around with it, the heavy burden um, is what we sometimes, sometimes walk around with. But all we need is the master key, the master key that Christ unlocks for us. Is what we need. We don't need to carry around that burden of that janitor's key. Christ on the cross and what he did is the master key to unlock those doors in your life, to tear down those walls, to tear down those strongholds that have been having you bound, to unlock the things that have been blocking your breakthrough. Christ is the master key. And so if some of you here today, want God to come in and you want that master key to unlock those areas of your life where you no longer want to be bound by sin, where you no longer want strongholds and those walls, those big tall walls that you you may be facing. If you want that to, you want Christ to come in and tear them down and rebuild you new, I ask that you say this prayer with me today. Father, We ask that you tear down the walls of sin in our lives and we repent and we ask that you come in and restore us, make us new, God. We invite you into our hearts and into our lives and we thank you for what you did on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for that teaching, Pastor Jocelyn. Here at V1 Church, we don't want anyone to go through life alone. That's why we have Connect Groups starting up again in September. Check out our website, v1.church, or the V1 Church app to find your group.